Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. The show is called Fired Up. We are live, brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube, The Real Drew Duncan. Of course, I'm on TikTok, Drew Duncan Radio with The Real Drew Duncan. And if you missed the show live, wherever you're listening, I am there. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, etc. Wherever you're listening, we are there. Guys, plenty to get to today. We're going to be talking about Aaron Rodgers and Jihad Ward, that whole beef. See that on week eight. Dak's days, I believe, are numbered right now in Dallas. We're going to be talking about a preview of Florida versus Utah. Jonathan Taylor is on the pup list, which is the physically unable to play list, but that's really just related to his inability to get a trade. We're going to be discussing that as well. Patrick Mahomes quote shows his true colors. Why I hate headlines. Mac Jones is the only quarterback in New England as of the moment. Ben Simmons says that he wants back in Philly And Zach Taylor is adamant that Burrow is not at practice. Not because of the contract. I mean, I guess we all just forget about the right calf injury. I I guess that we just forgot that whole thing happened. Plenty to get to today. All right. Down to brass tacks here. Aaron Rodgers. We're getting into it. Look, man, I I know a lot of people are on Ward's head, you know, and they're just like, hey, look, man, you know who Aaron Rodgers is. Stop the cap, bro. That's not what he's saying. There's, I don't know you, and then there's, man, I don't know you. See what I'm saying? You got to understand the difference. I don't know you like that. You're not my people. Why am I worried about showing you respect? Now, I will say, I it looked fairly dirty, if I'm being honest, from Ward, the, the shove on Rodgers, okay? I, I, I'll say that. Um, it was late. You know, Rodgers is like, come on, man. Was that like five seconds, bro? It was. I mean, it, it was late. There's no doubt about it, you know? Rodgers, I, I think, is that guy. He's not worried about, you know, being physical, taking contact. We've all seen Rodgers over the years play physical football. He's not afraid to scramble around. Do whatever he's got to do to win a football game, right? So we know this about A.A. Ron. What happened afterwards, you know who I am. Yeah. <laughs> that was just A.A. Ron getting over on him, throwing that touchdown pass. And you see Ward gave him that little shove on that same play. And A.A. Ron's just looking over at the sideline like, yeah, Brody, you guys know me. You know who I am. It's just football, man. You know, a lot of people are making fun of Ward. It's just football. He's just giving him a little business. Same thing with A.A. Ron. He's just giving him a little business. That's all there is to it. And I don't know why people are trying to act like this is new from A.A. Ron. They're all like, hey, look, man, you know, he's gone to New York and Brody's been in Brooklyn a couple times or wherever and look at him. You know, Come on, man. When he was with the, the Packers against Chicago, I still own you. It's always been Aaron Rodgers. It just hasn't always been talked about. And I don't know why we're waiting until quarterbacks are getting towards the end of their career before we reveal these things about them. You know, Tom Brady, you know, we didn't know him as being Tampa Tom and and being the cool guy 
up until they got to Tampa Bay. I mean, what the hell changed all of a sudden? Maybe because Aaron Rodgers has just been doing weird stuff, you know, talking about hallucinogenics and all these other things and, you know, whatever, man. Do you, bro? You know, do you? I don't agree with most of it. Some of it, I'm like, eh, you know, I'm 50-50 or whatever. But there's other stuff. I'm just like, really? Really? Had that been some other people, you know, would they be under the gun versus A-Ron? But whatever. And here's the other thing. You know, so many people are like, man, I don't even like A-Ron. I don't like Aaron Rodgers. Why is he being like this? I don't understand. I don't understand. He ain't tough. He ain't that guy. Really? You better go check. Because he is that guy. I don't know if I'm 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 hype on the Jets the way everybody else is. Look, here's the thing, right? Because it's pretty easy to go after Aaron Rodgers because of the history with him in the playoffs, right? What was it, 15-1 and one MVP season? What did he throw? Less than five picks the entire year? In his own backyard, the Giants manhandled him and the Packers. It happens. But it seems to happen a lot with Aaron Rodgers. So what are the Jets going to do? Are they going to win 11, 12, 13 games and then, boom, gone in the playoffs, won and done? I mean, at this point, if you're a Jets fan, you'd probably take at least a playoff berth, right? At least one playoff win. That's all you can hope for. And I'm not mad at Jets fan for finally feeling good about themselves. The team has just been dogged, man, year in and year out. I mean, a few years ago, what was it, 2018, 2019, they went off and spent over, you know, at the time, an inordinate amount of money. Was it over $100 million? It was like the most in NFL history during the offseason. What, they spent $122 million somewhere in that neighborhood, bringing all this talent in, signing all these free agents, doing everything that they could to start winning and winning right then and there, and it just didn't work out at all. Not in the least, as a matter of fact. And, you know, the the problem with the Jets has just been too many things to even begin to mention. You know, you thought you had that guy in Zach Wilson come to find out he's just really good at MILF hunting. There's a lot of good young talent on that football team, you know. But is Aaron going to be good enough to get them to a point where they can get over the hump. You know, there's been some seasons where the Jets have had a pretty good defense and they just haven't been able to finish the job offensively. I don't think that Jets defense is as good as everybody says that it is. I think there were better defenses in the NFL last year. I don't care about stats and rankings all the time. Sure, it helps solidify things. And I know some people are going to go, man, you're you're crazy. I, I just think... When you give up over 50, you know, everybody's got a bad game, but my goodness. It will take pressure off of the defense regardless, having a guy like Aaron Rodgers around, but he has been known to get hurt. And that's the thing, the sustainability of Aaron Rodgers. Nobody's going to question Zach Wilson's mobility. He is a hell of an athlete, but I just don't know that he's good enough to be a quarterback. And stylistically, 
him and Aaron Rodgers are pretty different in terms of what they can truly do with their arms. I think they're light years apart. You know, especially with Nathaniel Hackett over there. I mean, look, we let's not forget what happened with Denver and Nathaniel Hackett. Now, Hackett may be a Josh McDaniels in that he's just better as an offensive coordinator. A Charlie Weiss, he's just better as an offensive coordinator. It could be that. You know, we don't know. I, I maintain that Nathaniel Hackett just said to hell with it when Rodgers didn't end up in Denver last year. You know? Aaron could talk about keeping, you know, coach's name out your mouth all you want to when it comes to Sean Payton. But let's be honest, it was a horrid, horrid job last year in Denver. Does he get it back together with the Jets? I guess we're going to find out. And I know somebody's going to say, well, McDaniels is still the head coach of the Raiders. Yes, he is still the head coach of the Raiders. How good have they done? How good has Josh McDaniels been as a head coach? So far between Denver and Vegas, he has not a winning record, hasn't even sniffed the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. I think the Jets are a bit of a conundrum this season. I'm 50-50 on. Everybody wants to keep talking about what he, you know, he's following Brett Favre, following Brett Favre. Well, Brett Favre was what, 9-7 and seven, the year that he was in, uh, in New York? So it wasn't like the Jets were really that good. They had a couple of, like, really good games, had that phenomenal play at the end of the game where they scored a touchdown on, you know, the walk-off TD. But does that encompass a great season? Now, in Brett Favre's defense, how good he was, he wasn't there for very long, and they still won that many games. But still, the the point is, we'll see. If I'm a Jets fan, I think I'm happy to just make the playoffs and be competitive in the game. But the AFC has taken a different turn, okay? You've got the Bengals. You've got the Chiefs. You've got the Buffalo Bills, who I think are overrated, but they're probably still going to be in the playoffs, right? So it's a different ballgame out there. The Patriots aren't dominant like they used to be. So we'll see what happens. In the meantime, everybody, I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live. This is Fired Up. Do not forget the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on TikTok and YouTube. Simply look for the real Drew Duncan. And do not forget, in case you miss the show live, you can listen to wherever you listen to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Drew Duncan on Podomatic, iHeart, iTunes, Deezer, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, etc. Wherever you're listening, we are there. Plenty more to get to. We've got Dak. Are his days numbered in Dallas? Florida versus Utah. A preview from today as college football is officially back. Jonathan Taylor remains on the pup list. We've got Mac Jones to talk about Ben Simmons. Joe Burrow will be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial.
Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show, Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. And do not forget, wherever you're listening to podcasts, if you miss me live, I am there. Take your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Google Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Wherever you're listening, I am there. Plenty more to get to today. Obviously, we're going to be talking about a preview from Florida and Utah. Jonathan Taylor remains on the pup list. We've got Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones to talk about. We've got Mac Jones to talk about. Ben Simmons, Joe Burrow not being at practice. Plenty to get to. In the meantime, Dak, are his days numbered with the Dallas Cowboys? you damn right. you damn right. They've been numbered, bro. When have they not been? Look, when Dak was at Mississippi State, the one thing I said about him was, you know, the good thing about Dak is he doesn't turn the football over a lot except for in seemingly really, really big football games. And when the Bulldogs got absolutely obliterated by Georgia Tech, I just thought, you know, why? I I don't see it. I haven't seen it. Now, how Dak is sustained, I don't know. You've had his own guys come out in public and say, look, we're leaving points on the board because he can't get the ball there. Which he can't. How many times, Dallas Cowboy fan, Have you seen somebody streaking down the field wide open and they've got to basically come to a dead stop because Dak cannot get them the football? How many times have you seen it? How many times have you seen them turn the football over? In fact, in every single playoff game that Dak Prescott has been in, he's had at least one interception. At least. Now, you cannot win football games like that. I think Dak is above a second-string quarterback in the NFL. But the problem is he's in this weird space because it's like you watch him and you think to yourself, is he really a starter? And for anybody who's walking around town where you live, where I live, that has the nerve, the nerve, to say that he is a top-10 quarterback in the NFL is just insanity to me. You start going down the list of quarterbacks in the NFL, you start asking yourself, would you legitimately take Dak over so-and-so? Would you take Dak over Aaron Rodgers? Would you take Dak over Patrick Mahomes? Would you take Dak over Joe Burrow? Would you take Dak over Josh Allen. See what I'm saying here? You start going down the premier quarterbacks in the NFL. Then you start thinking about some of like even the mid guys. Like, would you take Dak over Derek Carr? Would you? Hell, I wouldn't I wouldn't take Dak over Lamar. I think Lamar is extremely underrated. MVP. First year he was with Baltimore. He was a rookie. They had a losing record. They go to the playoffs. Next year, weren't they 13-3 and and he was the MVP of the NFL? Again, you start going down the list. 
Who are you legitimately taking Dak Prescott over? You can name a bunch of backup quarterbacks, Will Greer, Jake Browning. Would you take Dak over Brock Purdy? Because I'm going to tell you something, a lot of 49er fans out there think that Brock Purdy is their next big thing. Even though I maintain McCaffrey is the guy, the running back in the running game, and him and Debo and Kittle, and that offensive line and that pretty good defense, that's what takes care of business in Frisco. But a lot of you on the internet don't seem to agree with me. So I'm going to ask you, would you take Dak over Brock? If your answer is Brock, then you can't tell me that Dak is that good. And if your answer is Dak, then you can't tell me that Brock is actually that good. I'm just asking. You know, the thing about Dak Prescott is he's a really likable guy, right? I don't think you've ever seen an interview with Dak where you just thought, man, this guy's kind of a jerk. He's always smiling. He seems to always be happy, you know, and, and given his plight in life, you know, his his brother taking his own life and his, you know, mom dying of cancer and, you know, just going through. It, it, those are not easy things to deal with. And to show up in a grueling job every single day the way that he does, that alone tells you what kind of character the man has. Because a lot of people would allow that to mentally defeat them every single day and he finds a way to pick himself up every single day and just keep himself going i love deck prescott the person i just don't know if deck prescott the quarterback is good enough to get you to where you want to go do i think the signing of trey lance is the straw breaking the camel's back right now in dallas yes and no look we've only seen basically four and a half, five quarters from Trey Lance. I maintain that if they would have got Christian McCaffrey, even with Trey Lance as the quarterback in Frisco, they probably would have still had basically the same result that we saw last season. He was only a rookie. Okay. I think the hype behind North Dakota State sometimes is a little too much, especially after, you know, Carson and all that stuff. But I don't know how well subdivision quarterbacks are going to translate to the NFL. Now, I know, okay, you know, Eastern Illinois, I, I, I get it, all right? It's not undoable. Delaware, okay, it's not undoable. When not that where Joe Flacco went, Delaware? It's not undoable. And if you can play, you can play, right? doesn't matter. There's a lot of hidden gems out there. My point is, is I just don't know what you can expect with Trey Lance. And I don't know that to me he's any better than Dak Prescott. But as anybody will tell you, and as I've said, the most popular player on a struggling football team is the backup quarterback. And I think the signing of Trey Lance is significant in that I think it is subtly a message to Dak in that, bro, you have got to get it done 
this season. We can't wait anymore. And for anybody who thinks that Jerry Jones won't do that, go ask Zeke Elliott, go ask Des Bryant, and a host of other guys if Jerry just won't say to hell with it. Because he absolutely will. Everybody gets so many chances. At least in Dak, I will say you have a consistent quarterback. I will say that. You have consistency in that you know who your quarterback is going to be. We know he's the guy. We can win 10, 11 games this year. What are some maybe additional pieces we can get around? I just feel like he's maybe a little bit better than Troy Aikman, and that's that's not saying much because I, I I think Troy Aikman was a game-managing quarterback and happened to be on a really damn good football team filled with Hall of Famers, offensively and defensively. Leon Lett, Larry Allen, Charles Haley, Ken Norton Jr., Emmett Smith, Daryl Moose Johnston, Michael Irvin, Deion Sanders, Hall of Fame head coach Jerry Johnson. We'll see. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. We are live. The show is fired up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Do not forget that I am also on TikTok and YouTube. That's the real Drew Duncan. And, of course, you can find me wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Drew Duncan anywhere you're listening. iHeart, iTunes, et cetera, et cetera. I am there. Coming up later on, we've got Florida and Utah. We're going to do a preview of that. Jonathan Taylor remains on the pup list. Patrick Mahomes gives his two cents on what's going on with Chris Jones. We've got Mac Jones, the only quarterback in New England. Ben Simmons will be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live. The show is fired up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Do not forget, I am wherever you're listening to podcasts. If you missed the show live, you can find me on YouTube, TikTok, anywhere you're listening to podcasts, iTunes, iHeart, Google, Deezer, wherever you're listening, I am there. We are brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Plenty to get to. Ben Simmons says that he wants back in Philly, per se. And we're going to be talking about Zach Taylor, his words on Joe Burrow. But right now, I want to get to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes was talking about Chris Jones. And first of all, this is why I hate headline news. Because if I remember right, I read this article in Sports Illustrated, and it said Patrick Mahomes shows his true colors. 
we all know that that's meant to be like, oh, what's he going to do? Is he going to talk trash about somebody? Like, come on. You need to stop that, right? Stop making people angry or, or happy or whatever with your headlines. Every one of us who's ever been to journalism school has been taught that if it makes people feel an extreme emotion one way or the other, it's probably fake news. Which I wish we everybody would stop doing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes basically just kind of gave the politic answers about Chris Jones. You know, they just tells him that he loves him. Those kinds of things, you know, and I don't have a problem with it. You know, I've always said I don't have a problem with athletes being honest. You take Baker Mayfield. I told him that, you know, when the whole thing was going on with other players while he was still in Cleveland and he said, look, you're, you're a Brown or you're not. I love the mentality, but I don't know that I would have said it publicly. Right. So. I'm with Patrick Mahomes in his presentation. I think we know that he's the face of the NFL and he's doing a great job at his age at handling being that face. You get that kind of money, 500 million. You you get immediately thrusted into the category of all-time great to a lot of people, even though he's only played a few seasons. He's accomplished so much within that time frame, but he's already got that pressure on him. When you're as talented as he is, everybody wants to be around you. You're making that kind of money. You're winning like that. There's a lot of pressure to keep doing it. I don't know. In fact, I do know. I know that at that age, I wouldn't have been able to, to handle it. I, I, At some point, I would have spontaneously combusted. So the way that Patrick Mahomes carries himself is absolutely 110% A1. I don't care what anybody says. As far as Chris Jones goes, look, what does he want? 20 million? He's making 10 right now. He wants 20. Yeah, I'm 50-50 on it. I mean, it would be really easy to nitpick Chris Jones, right? I mean, you could obviously look to the AFC Championship game where he had the offsides call that that gave New England another chance. But I, I think that that would be nitpicking at that point. If I'm being really 100% honest with you, I, I think it would just be nitpicking. I'm not somebody that goes and looks directly at stats all the time. I, I've always said that stats are a punchline, but I've also said that the numbers don't lie, but they don't always tell the entire story either. I would simply ask, do you think that Chris Jones is worth $20 million given what he combines on the field with off the field presence? When you think of the Kansas City Chiefs defense, not offense, because obviously when we think of the Chiefs, we're going to be talking about number 15. That's all there is to that. There are no ifs, ands, or buts. In fact, when people think about the NFL, nine times out of ten right now, the first thing they are going to think about is Patrick Mahomes. The AFC, until it changes, runs through Arrowhead Stadium. And as a diehard Broncos fan, that is like chewing my tongue having to say those words. But it is just, it's the truth. There's no way around it. If the Chiefs don't have Chris Jones, how good do you think their defense really is? I think that's one question I would ask. 
because while the money aspect is always going to be a focus, whether we like it or not, you know, jersey sales, ticket sales, all that, why are they there? We know with the Kansas City Chiefs why they're there. We know that because Patrick Mahomes is there, that football team is superb. And because he's so talented, he can go to a football team that's, you know, two and seven, and they'll probably still out, sell out the stadium because people want to watch Patrick Mahomes play football. It's the way that it is. So I don't expect that from Chris Jones. But obviously, when you're a defensive lineman, what is your primary objective? Stop the run game, stop the pass, wear down that offensive line, make it more difficult for them to be able to run block. Because obviously, you know, defensive ends are going to be different from defensive tackles, right? Defensive ends, primarily, they're going to be in there to pass rush, but they can also create to where the run game has to be forced back to the inside. On most option plays, the defensive end is going to be the quarterback's first read. So, again, the idea is to stuff that play right there, make it impossible for that pitch, you know, get him back to the inside. Hopefully that you've got a linebacker there just waiting in zone, spying maybe, especially with, you know, I'm Lamar Jackson or somewhere like that. Then, of course, uh, you know, with defensive tackles, you want to stop that run up the middle. You don't want anything going up the gut. And defensive tackles, of course, if you're good enough, i.e., Aaron, Aaron Donald, then you, you, you could do everything. You could stop the run. You could stop the pass. Athletes are getting more and more to the point where positions on the offensive line and defensive line pretty much entail the same thing. With a defensive line, especially with bull rush, and we saw it especially, you know, back, you know, eight, nine, ten years ago with the Seattle Seahawks bull rushing, wearing down offensive lines, taking them straight on, knowing that when it comes to pass blocking, they're already reeling back as it is. So you just take them straight on. And eventually they're so worn down that run blocking becomes more difficult. And if you listen to guys like Mark Schlereth, et cetera, they will tell you that there's not an offensive line in the world who doesn't want to just run block and impose their will because you can go downhill. So if Chris Jones isn't in there, what is the capability of the other team's offensive line? And if he doesn't affect the offensive line that much, then that means they're going to be able to run the football on you. They're going to be able to throw the football on you because you can't get pressure on the quarterback and he's got all day to sit. Someone's going to get open sometime. And if they can run the football on you, well, then they can wear you down, control the clock, control the line of scrimmage, open up the pass game. I mean, it's a football one-on-one. So if Chris Jones isn't in there, do you think that there's a difference in the Kansas City Chiefs on their defense? That's the thing that I would ask. Given all these things that we know about defensive line play at its core, because football at its core is fairly simplistic, right? It's fairly simplistic. There are complications to it, you know, the terminology and all those things that come into play, trying to disguise as much as you possibly can. There are definitely more than just nuances to it. But at its core, these are regular responsibilities. And I'll leave it at that. I would rather you decide 
whether or not you think Chris Jones is the guy. Because the minute you say you're a Broncos fan, Kansas City Chief fan, just whatever you say just doesn't matter, bro. You're a Broncos fan, man. You're, you're a Donkeys fan, man. Whatever. I, I don't care. I'm pretty 50-50 as a journalist. I don't know that Chris Jones is worth $20 million, but I'd you know, probably meet him somewhere in the middle and say, here's 15. If you want to go out and get what you're worth, what you think you're worth, go. If you can find it, great. More power to you. If you can't, well, we'll give you 15. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. We are live on the show, Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. And wherever you're listening to the podcast, if you miss me live, iTunes, iHeart, et cetera, et cetera. Take your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan. We got plenty more to get to today. Ben Simmons says he wants back with the Sixers. You've got Zach Taylor talking about Joe Burrow not being there. It's got nothing to do with contract negotiation, he says. And, of course, we got a preview of Florida and Utah tonight. Don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me wherever you're listening in the podcast. I'm going to tell you device to play Drew Duncan Fired Up on iTunes, iHeart, Google, etc. Wherever you're listening to the podcast, I am there. I am brought to you in part by, part by Block 50 Global Radio. Plenty more to get to. We're going to be talking about Burrow and the Bengals. We're going to be talking about Mac Jones, the only quarterback right now, as of right now. For the New England Patriots, talk about pressure, man. And, of course, Florida taking on Utah. In the meantime, I want to get down to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons says that it is nothing left but the killer instinct that he's got to reclaim, essentially. And when people ask him if you want to get traded, where do you go? And he goes, well, I always tell people I'd love to go back to Philly. I'll tell you what, man, that dude's got some balls. Because Philly all but booed that man out of the building. Those fans turned on him so quickly. And, you know, Doc Rivers had a had a big part in that. I think we all know that. Was it wrong of him to do that? I don't know. You know, again, you, you create division that way. You, all of a sudden, you've got some players that are going, dude, why would you do that? Not only because they don't agree with it, like Ben is my guy. But also because, damn, man, if he's willing to do that to Ben Simmons, who else is he willing to do it to? Would he eventually one day turn on Joel Embiid? Which, by the way, where's Doc Rivers now? Okay. So that's kind of the first thing. Then, of course, you got the other side of that, which some of the locker room's going to go, man, to hell with it. He's being honest, and what do we need him for? What's he doing? But either way, the point is the vision. Now you've got a locker room that's divided. It's automatic because they're going to talk. They're going to text. They're going to get in group chats with each other. It's the way that it is, man. And and it creates that tension, right? So it, you know, getting rid of Ben after that kind of had to be done. 
Now, I will say this, keeping Ben Simmons in favor, in favor of Butler was a bad move. I would have never taken Ben over Butler. Look, Ben Simmons is a basketball player that you have to use in a very specific way. He's got to be in a 1-4 offense, distribute the rock. When he's got the pill in his hand, he's got to go straight to the bucket. He's got to create by dribble and drive, which I know people are going to say, well, that's 90% of the NBA. It's, it is, but it isn't. In a box 1-4 offense, you can create a lot of motion with that offense. You can create a lot of picks and screens and things like that underneath. It's it's not just guys standing around the three-point line. In fact, a box four, basically, you, you've got guys that are all inside the three-point line. But there's motion plays that you can run out of that. The point of what I'm saying is, is Ben Simmons is more of a distribution guy. And he was a really good defender, especially when he first got to the league. Everybody knows that Ben Simmons can go hard to the rack and, and put a dunk on you. There's no question about it. The thing is, though, is obviously would they want him back in Philly? Number one, the fans. I'm going to say probably not. I'm going to say 90% of Philly fans are probably going to say, dude, stay your ass the hell out of my city, bro. And when you come here to play and you with another team, we're not cool. So I'm going to say that. And And look, I get it, okay? It's one play under the basket that is probably going to scar the rest of his career it's kind of like butt fumble right it's just it's one of those plays that you look at it and you go how boneheadedly stupid can you get but the thing about it is it was just a really bad mental error and everybody's capable of it in those situations and Ben's absolutely happened at the wrong time now am I sticking up for Ben Simmons am I saying that he's an all-star player no I think what Ben Simmons is, a guy that is a really good point guard, not great, but really good, and if you get the right people around him and you use him in a very specific way, then he would look great. But you have to be willing to deal with the growing pains, and I just don't know that the way that the NBA is structured now that they want to do that. Ben Simmons' style works beautifully in the collegiate ranks because most of those teams are still running plays you know every trip down the floor they're not just running gun offenses they've got a meticulous game plan with half court sets and they have an array of different sets and plays that they use in the nba I don't want to call it freelance and I'm not going to say that they don't have, you know, their half court sets because they absolutely do. But you do see a lot of teams that are just kind of standing around waiting for somebody to do something. And I'm just going to hang around the tray line and wait for me to get the ball and see if I can jack one up and put it in. You know, the fact of the matter is, is I, I just don't know that Ben Simmons fits into the NBA the way that it is. I think his best bet would have been in Philly or even in Boston because we saw Boston like that for a while. Toronto was like that for a while. There were some teams that if he would have gone there, he would have had some success. I thought Philly was a pretty good fit for him, but I think after a while, Doc just didn't want to take the necessary steps with Ben that you had to take. 
And if we want to be goofy, then we could always say it's the Kardashian curse. I mean, I think I called that when it all first happened. Kind of is what it is, I guess. But, you know, when all is said and done, I don't know what's left for Ben Simmons. I mean, he's saying that he's ready to go this season. Is he, though? I mean, there's really nothing out there other than he's just not playing a lot. You know, what's going on with Ben? What's really happening? Is there something under the surface that we don't know about? I don't know. What I do know is this. His days are numbered in the NBA. It's definitely make or break for Ben. You know, I always wondered if Ben would have done really good as a small forward down in the post because he can, man, the way he handles that ball and his vision, I've always questioned that and his size, you know, just the structure. He's so broad, you know. But I just don't know if there's enough overall there because, you know, the NBA has evolved into everybody's kind of doing the same thing. I mean, you, you've got Joel and B jacking up threes, man. Back in the day, it was kind of an anomaly. You know, if, if you saw Perkins, right? Sam, was it Sam Perkins when he was with the Seattle Supersonics? It was, you know, it was up to little guys like Hershey Hawkins to do that. Muggsy Bogues, John Stockton, Sean, or, you know, Gary Payton, my bad. Gary Payton, the glove. That was their deal. Distribute the rock. Hit those big, you know, clutch threes. The game anymore is if you can't shoot the ball, regardless of your size, when you've got... Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic and, you know, Joel Embiid and all these other guys. I just, where does Ben Simmons fit into that mix? It's really difficult. It's really difficult. All right, everybody, I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It's all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and TikTok. I am the real Drew Duncan. Real is R-L. Plenty more to get to in this remaining show. We're going to be talking about Zach Taylor. He's talking about Joe Burrow, why he hasn't been in practice. We want to talk about the Bengals being the Patriots with how they're approaching the media. We still got Florida and Utah to talk about. And of course, Mac Jones is the only QB for New England as of this moment. I am brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. And I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device if you miss me live that you can go ahead and check me out on iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, etc. Wherever you are listening, I am there. We'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial.
Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Thank you for checking me out on Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Block 50 Global Radio. Global Radio is online all day, every day for many things, not just my show. If you are listening, in case you forget my show, do not forget that you can listen to me wherever you're listening to podcasts. I am on iTunes, iHeart, Google, Spreaker, Deezer, wherever you're listening. I am there. And, of course, you can always follow me on social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. That's Duncan like Tim, not the donut. We'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial. I am Drew Duncan. The show is fired up and we are live. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for The Real Drew Duncan. I'm wherever you're listening to podcasts. If you miss me live, simply take a device to play Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Spreaker, Google, etc. Wherever you are listening, we are there. Still plenty to get to left in the show. We've got Mac Jones being the only QB on the roster for the Pats. And, of course, Florida versus Utah preview. College football is back in a week later, obviously. It's going to be the Chiefs and Lions opening up on September 7th for the NFL. In the meantime, Zach Taylor says that Joe Burrow not practicing has nothing to do with new contract negotiations. Basically, he said, we'll see. And he was very adamant outside of that, that no. It's got nothing to do with it. I guess we forget that there was a right calf injury for Joe Burrow. And the Bengals, man, they are keeping this thing sealed up like presidential letters. I'm telling you what. I mean, they've got it sealed up like arm codes, man. Missile codes, straight up. That's what they are treating this like. Like it's missile code launch codes, seriously. Missile code launch codes. Good grief. Oh, my Cat Williams. I don't know why I said that. 9010. <laughs> oh, man. Now, here's what we do know. He was carted off for a while. We, we saw him in a wheelchair. And now we see him in a sleeve. So we don't know how good Joe Burrow is doing. I know this much. That offense is really relying on him. All right? Right? It's him and his guy out of LSU. They make a phenomenal pair, uh, but I, I don't know that Jake Browning has got enough in him to carry you around. And if Browning gets hurt, what did they just sign? Like, I think it was Will Greer to the practice squad. So 
how deep are they going to be at quarterback? It, it could be a real problem for Cincinnati. I mean, you're going to have to hold on for dear life, potentially, these first few weeks in the NFL season. You, because here's the thing. You need Joe Burrow. But what are you really, truly, truly willing to risk when it comes to Joe Burrow? And if you are Joe Burrow yourself, what are you really willing to risk? Look, initial reports suggested that it would probably be about four weeks before Burrow gets back. Now, everybody talks about October in the NFL. But I'm going to tell you what, if you're 0-4 in September, October doesn't look very good. If you're 1-3, if you're 2-2, if you get out of this thing, you know, looking at their schedule, what's it going to be, 2-2, three games, four games, right? If you're able to get it out of there, you know, with at least two wins with Joe Burrow out, if it really is the four weeks, I, I think you did good. I'm being perfectly honest with you. I think you did okay for yourself. Obviously, winning the division is going to be huge for the Bengals because I I think that there's a pretty good potential that would pick it. The, the Steelers could at least at the bare minimum win the division, right? The Browns, I, I don't think there's much of a shot there. Uh, you've still got the Ravens to contend with, Lamar Jackson, Odo Beckham Jr., right? That whole thing going on over there, you know, are they rejuvenated? I think Lamar Jackson is probably the second-best quarterback in all the AFC. I think it, it goes Mahomes and then Lamar and then Burrow. I'd, I'd probably take Burrow over Lamar, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, I'd do that. Kind of thinking out loud on the spot, right? Mahomes, Burrow, Lamar, then Allen. Yeah, I, I feel good about that. Um, so you have to get through that gauntlet. In that division. It's going to be tough. What are you willing to risk? What I mean by that, pretty simple. Your future. Is it this season that we're worried about? Or if we have to, we're good and we're content with worrying about the next year. Now, look, I understand that that Burrow's already suffered a season-long injury. And he came back the next year and, and did very well. And people were very high on Burrow because of what he accomplished in so little time and then how quickly he was able to get back. But how many times can you ask your guy to do that, though? And if you're Joe Burrow, like I've talked about, the NFL is fleeting. You never know when your day is going to be up. You don't know if you're going to suffer that career-ending injury. You don't know if suddenly you're just going to, you know, you've, you've hit your plateau and you can't go any further and you're hopefully you become at the bare minimum a journeyman and, and you get a, a full career in the NFL. You play till you're in your late 30s, maybe early 40s, and you're able to retire with, you know, little to, to none in terms of physical complications. And, you know, you've got enough money saved up on the back end that you can start some businesses or whatever the case may be that, that could be, fruitful for you so that way you could you know continue to make money for the rest of your life but that, that's just not going to happen to everybody it's not a reality for everybody if you're a megastar yeah i mean how many guys i mean come on man vance johnson played with the denver broncos for how long mark jackson with you know with the denver broncos for how long what, what was mark jackson like a real estate agent when they leave most guys end up doing what everybody else does with their lives I'm not bashing anybody who's a real estate agent. I'm not bashing Mark Jackson for being a real estate agent. What I'm saying is, is they end up doing 
things with their lives for the most part that most other people do. Everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who's a real estate agent. Everybody. It's it's back to normal. My days are gone. There's nothing that anybody can do about it. Time is undefeated, my man. So how long and or how much are you willing to risk if you're Joe Burrow, if you're the Bengals? Depending on the severity of it, which they are keeping very quiet. I can't blame them. You don't want all the talk out there and all that stuff. And they're following that New England thing, man. They are following that to an absolute T. Because in New England, we never knew what the hell was going on. And any time Brady got asked about concussions or anything like that, because remember um, his, his, I guess you'd say, ex-wife Giselle, right? Talking about Brady playing with concussions. Oh, that's my medical business. Then that's none of your business. I don't think so. I'm not going to talk about that, bro. Okay. Bill Belichick, and we're moving on. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah, we're moving on to Cincinnati. You know? (laughs) Nobody covered it up better than New England. Except for maybe Deflate Gate, Spy Gate. I keep going, but I'm just saying in terms of them just directly talking about stuff, it really didn't happen at all, as a matter of fact. And so with Cincinnati doing that, I can't blame them. You don't want any of the players worried. You know, they start listening to things that people are saying. People are saying things to them. Hey, what's going on with Joe? All your friends and family are asking you. They're texting you. They're calling you. They're trying to figure it out. Reporters are getting a hold of anyone and everyone that they can. Uh, anybody, just give me something to report on, right, with Joe Burrow. I guarantee you they're doing it. It's out there, but, boy, the Bengals are doing a great job. Mum's the word, right? There's nothing wrong with being that way. It should be. Uh, to an extent, but I, I think some things like with injuries, I, I feel like we should all be able to know. And I think especially Cincinnati Bengal fans should be able to know because they want to know what's going on with their team and what's going on with their quarterback. I mean, in Cincinnati, their tax dollars fund the stadiums and all those kinds of things. So to me, they absolutely have a right to know, but it is what it is, right? All right, everybody, I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on Block 50 Global Radio. Do not forget that Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Additionally, you can find me on YouTube and TikTok. Simply look for the real Drew Duncan. And, of course, I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. If you miss a show live, tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Deezer, Google, et cetera, et cetera, wherever you are listening I am there. Still plenty of show to get to. We're going to be talking about Mac Jones being the only QB in New England. And, of course, Florida is taking on Utah, a preview of Thursday night's game. We'll be back right after this. Don't you dare touch that dial.
Hello, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. You guys are checking me out live on the show, Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me on YouTube, Patreon, TikTok, etc. by looking for the real Drew Duncan. And do not forget that I'm wherever you're listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Drew Duncan. Wherever you're listening, I am there. iTunes, iHeart, Google, etc. Plenty to get to. We're going to be closing out with Mac Jones, the only quarterback for the Patriots at this point. Right now, I want to get into Florida taking on Utah. Quick reminder, we are brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Wherever you're listening, Block 50 Global Radio is there. And, of course, Block 50 Global Radio is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, etc., all at Block 50 Global Radio. Florida, Utah. First of all, this game is why I really hate preseason polls. Because I think Utah is coming in at number 14. And I, if I remember correctly, I think they were ranked even higher going into this game last season. Now, I know that, that Utah ended up being the Pac-12 champion, which is all fine and dandy. But they got blown out by Florida a season ago. And it was probably that game and a couple of other plays, you know, especially against LSU. But mainly, I think to myself, that game that really put Anthony Richardson on the map. And it was also significant to me because all the people are just like, everybody's an SEC jock rider. They're all SEC jock riders. Well, if you want proof in the pudding, Florida didn't even go 500 last year, and they manhandled Utah like it was nothing. Sent them right back to the Pac-12. You go ahead and go win your little title over there, bro. We're going to stay over here with the big boys. We got real football games to play. We got real football games to play. Whether anybody likes that or not, that is a reality. Do you understand? It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a matchup problem. It was a talent problem. That's all there is to it. Plus a matchup problem. So let's get that out of the way. It's why, again, I have said a hundred times over, especially now in the day and age of college football playoff, especially with it expanding, we really don't need a poll until the eighth week. I personally would not like to see a college football playoff poll until week 12. And I don't think we need a regular season poll going on until week eight. How many times have we seen five, six, seven SEC teams that are low grade and they can't beat anybody worth nothing? You know, Vanderbilt, something like that. You know, by the end of the fourth week, there's four teams left from the SEC. And then it all just starts interchanging. But more than anything, I know somebody's going to say, man, didn't you just say, yes, I did, and I stand by it. I mean, Vanderbilt is Vanderbilt. Let's be real. Um, the other thing that, that really gets to me about it is, is I don't like certain teams being able to constantly stay ahead. You know, Utah is, a, is to me, a, a smaller team. So I, I appreciate them getting some love to start the season, I guess, if I'm going to do this. But, you know, I, I just think about Boise State's and, and Utah's beforehand, right, when they had Alex Smith and they went undefeated and didn't get a shot. I think about Central Florida's not getting a shot. And why is that? Because they're starting from behind. Most of the time, they're not ranked going into the season. If they are, they're like 25. And it takes forever to even move up to, to 15 or 16. 
So many teams have to lose multiple games. We've seen seasons before. What was it? Iowa State, they they lost to a team that was undefeated. And that team, and, and Iowa State was still ranked ahead of them. You know, you just, how do you do that? How do you even begin to, at the bare minimum, the head-to-head did what it needed to do. It proved what it needed to prove, bro. Whether you like that or not, that's a reality. Okay? So, I, I don't want to hear it, but. It's just wrong to give a Michigan, Ohio State, and I understand for the most part, you know, those teams are consistently good, but just always giving them one of the top 10 spots, a guaranteed top 25 spot, essentially. How long did we see Nebraska or Tennessee get ranked every year in the preseason top 25? Only to not even finish the season with maybe seven wins, you know, at best every year as well. They got a lot of juniors coming back, man. That don't matter. Ask Johnny Manziel if being a junior or senior matters. Okay? I'm not saying that it doesn't make a difference with experience and all that. It's a big thing, especially if you've got an entire group of guys that have a lot of experience in college football. But let's be really real for just a minute here. Go talk to Nick Saban about freshman guys winning titles. The fact of the matter is, what does it ultimately is having just a good team that is well-coached and well-prepared. The Georgia Bulldogs, the Clemson Tigers are perfect examples how many times was it talked about about the star recruiting that they had versus what Alabama had? You can have the best team in college football on paper. None of that matters when they go to play each other. I just don't like preseason polls. Florida's Florida, and you know, especially with you know that swamp. You know, the documentary just came out, you know, about the Gators and all that with Tim Tebow and all that. I I just, I feel like Florida's Florida and people are going to watch Florida play pretty much no matter what. Especially at the beginning of the year when it's college football, when everybody's jacked, everybody's excited, everybody's happy that college football is back. All the students are going crazy. They're just getting back into classes, haven't really... You know, a lot of them still haven't even fully got the routine down yet. But, man, they're going to take that trip to go see their team play wherever that is, especially on neutral site games. Absolutely. Home games are even bigger. Florida and Utah is going to be a sold-out game, regardless of whether or not there's a ranking involved. I say that because if anybody's like, well, it's just about the money. Come on, man. Florida, Florida State, LSU, Alabama. Michigan, Ohio State, those teams, whoever they play, the money is going to be there. The little guy, UAB, the money will probably be there. It's the first game. It's going to be watched. As far as the game itself goes, look, uh, Florida, no more Anthony Richardson. I don't know that they'll be any better than they were a season ago. 
I think Utah's got enough leftover players from last season to remember how that game went. Do they want revenge? Do they want it bad enough? Do they want to win that game bad enough? You know, I mean, that's going to be a thing, right? Look, when you get mud stomp like that, it sticks with you. And and kudos to Utah because, you know, like I said, they ended up having a good enough season. They became Pac-12 champions. Um, But I don't know what Florida is going to look like from the quarterback position this year. I don't think it could be any worse than what it was a season ago with Anthony Richardson. I will say this. Utah is one of those teams that I, I enjoy watching a lot of times just because defensively they're usually pretty good. They usually have a pretty good ground game. It's just sometimes with the quarterback, it's a very hit and miss thing. I don't think so going that into this season. So we'll see. I think Utah wins this one probably close. If I had to make a decision on it, probably see something like 31-28, 27-24, something in that neighborhood. I think it'll be a much better game than last year. I don't know that Utah's primed to make a run for a national title uh, or a college football playoff championship win, whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, you still got USC over there, but even then, I, I just I, I think Utah fares well, given the situation that that happened with the offseason and all the moving pieces and all that. Um, I think they win this game, but I still think for the season overall, probably 10, 11 wins, which isn't bad, but it's probably the direction that they end up going. All right, everybody. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me wherever you're listening to podcasts, iTunes, iHeart, et cetera, et cetera. Wherever you are listening, I am there. We are brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. We'll be back right after this. Closing final thoughts. And, of course, Mac Jones, the only QB on the Pats. Don't you dare touch that dive. I am Drew Duncan. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. Do not forget that I am wherever you are listening to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Drew Duncan fired up wherever you're listening. iTunes, iHeart, etc. Wherever you're listening, I am there. And of course, we are brought to you in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Recap of the show coming up. Look into tomorrow's program. And real quick, Mac Jones. Look, I don't think it means anything. I just think it's extremely funny, if I'm being honest with you. Bill Belichick and the Patriots looked around and said, I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't want you. I don't give a damn. Get them out of here. I don't need them. Boy, you want to talk about basically a slap in the mouth. That was Full-on disrespect. You're so bad that I don't want you here. I'll I'll take a risk not having a true quarterback for number two when the season rolls around. Seriously. But then again, Bill Belichick, 
Yeah, we're, we're, I keep alluding to this. How good is he without Brady? Was he 79 and 87 without him? I don't even think he's won a playoff game without Brady, if I'm not mistaken. You can correct me on it if you want to, but pretty sure that he has it off the top of my head anyway. I This could be symptomatic of that. Bill Belichick just so used to just having somebody that he knew was going to get it done. Maybe he's showing the ultimate confidence in Mac Jones, man. Hell, I don't know. This is a crazy thing to do. It really is. Am I going to overstate it? No, because let's be honest. They will have somebody by the season star. Belichick ain't that guy. He's He's not that crazy anyways, I should say. The reality is, though, is not having somebody there, I mean, that's literally only translates into one of two things. They were all so bad that he didn't give a damn, at least to him, or he's putting that much confidence in Mac Jones and saying, bro, you're our dude, and we need you to know that. And he's trying to put confidence in him, letting Mac Jones know exactly where the Patriots stand with him. How long that'll last, I don't know. Here today, gone tomorrow, right? So it all really just kind of depends. on on one of those two things, because to me, it could go either way, right? It really could go either way. So we'll see. I don't think Mac Jones is the guy. But then again, you know, look, I've always said that it takes four years in the NFL on average, I think, to become a true NFL quarterback. I've said that about Trey Lance. I've said that about Patrick Mahomes. I've said that about Alex Smith. I've said it about Donovan McNabb, even though a lot of these guys got out to pretty good starts. But most quarterbacks, if you really truly watch, it's that third, fourth year where they really come into their own. And they become the best of the best version of themselves a lot of times. They really do. So when all is said and done, do you give Mac Jones a little bit more time? Probably. But like Dak, I think this is probably, you know, we're getting to that point where it's kind of like, okay, bro, you know, how how much more time can we give you? Right? So there's that. All right, everybody. Obviously, tomorrow's show is going to be a lot of previewing of college football action going on. LSU, Florida State, LSU already going to be without one of their premier players. So we'll be discussing that as well. A rematch from a game that was a classic from a season ago, which, by the way, both of those teams were unranked going into that game. And if I'm not mistaken, they're both ranked coming into the game this this year. As if that's going to help draw the rating, it's not. It's Florida State, it's LSU. It's week number one. They are going to make money on that deal, but whatever. So we'll have that going on as well. Quick recap of the show. Again, on Chris Jones, I'd probably try to meet the man in the middle. But, you know, again, if you want to go out and try and find 20, go and find 20. If it don't work out, 15. Because I I just don't know that the Chiefs defense alters that much without him. I'm just being honest. Aaron gets into it with Ward. I love both what they did. Ward didn't mean it in the way that people think that he did. I don't know you. Yes, he does. He just don't know him like that. Like, I don't know you. Better step off. See what I'm saying? Big difference. 
Uh, Dex days are numbered. He better get it done. I don't know that Trey Lance is a better solution, but then again, what do we really know about Trey Lance after five games? So I, I think it's just more of a kick in the ass to Dak. We it's Super Bowl or bust, Brody. That, that's pretty much what I think. Uh, Jonathan Taylor still in the pup list again. Usually for guys that are injured, can't find the trade. To me, the Colts are being hypocrites. They're saying they can't get far, fair market value for him. They're trying to spin it. We know what they're doing. Uh, trying to make it look like he's not worth what he says he is, but that's just nonsense. Fair market value is 13 mil for Taylor. That's what he wants. It's a $3 million difference. Figure it out. I mean, good grief. This could have been all avoided. Instead, this is just a mess. And, and on top of that, you got a rookie quarterback in Richardson, who I, I don't think is going to get it done. So uh, there's that. Ben Simmons says that he wants back in Philly. He's still got a little bit of the killer instinct left in him. I guess we'll find out, Brody. That's pretty much what that amounts to. I guess we'll find out. Um, Taylor, Zach Taylor, the head coach of the Bengals, says that the reason that Burrow is not at practice has nothing to do with the money. Then again, he really didn't say it's about the injury either. So the Bengals staying sealed tight on that. Florida, Utah, this year I actually like Utah. Florida last year I thought was going to take care of business, and they did. but I I don't think that they're, quote, trending upwards, which, by the way, is a term I absolutely abhor. But I just think that Utah gets it done. I think there's too many remaining pieces for the Utes in that football game that they they take advantage of a bad performance from a season ago. They learned, and they'll do better. They'll, they'll beat Florida because I don't, I don't think Florida's going to be much better than they were last year, if I'm being honest with you. Uh Mac Jones, again, I, I just probably it's more than likely it's just Bill Belichick saying, hey, look, you're the guy. We're putting all of our confidence in you. Okay, that's why we're doing this. You're good to go. Now show me. Probably where that, that goes to. Guys, I am Drew Duncan. The show is called Fired Up. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is all at Drew Duncan Radio. You can find me wherever you listen to podcasts. Simply tell your device to play Fired Up by Drew Duncan on iTunes, iHeart, Google Podcasts, etc. wherever you're listening. I am there. And, of course, I am sponsored in part by Block 50 Global Radio. Block 50 Global Radio is wherever you're listening to podcasts, and they are on social media as well, at Block 50 Global Radio. Looking forward to tomorrow. In the meantime, be safe. Take care of yourselves. We've got music coming up next. I'm Drew Duncan, and as always, don't you dare touch that dial.